across the microphone as a writer who might be described as a quintuple threat. Short stories, poetry, drama criticism, literary criticism, and certainly a most perceptive observer of the human comedy. It's unfortunate the name of Dorothy Parker has been tossed around so cavalierly down through the years at any house party you may attend. Some cutie pie, male or female, who comes through with what might be considered a pungent comment in a few words, immediately hail as, hey, a regular Dorothy Parker. Yet Dorothy Parker is a writer of profound compassion and tenderness and understanding, as is evident from a great many of her short stories. It was Franklin P. Adams, and I paraphrase him now, who, introducing her collected short stories, said, Dorothy Parker is the enemy of the stupid, of the pretentious, and the cruel, I believe, he said. And he said, and yet, because she is the enemy of these, she has a, a deep feeling for injustice and aligns herself with the victims. And he uh, said FPA, if I remember correctly, since his mathematics is not wrong, he doesn't think it's wrong, the victims outnumber the predatory ones, therefore she is on the side. She likes far more people than she dislikes. Now, is that a pretty fair appraisal, Mrs. Parker? Oh, it's much too fair. I thought you were talking about somebody else. <laughs> I was thinking about your writings and uh, that period you, you remember so well when your colleagues were, uh, uh, and your friends, Robert Benchley and James Thurber, Ring Lardner, and the question has a rather sad one to open this conversation. What has happened? What's happened to American humor? I think there's only one humorist left in America, and that's Perelman. I don't know why that is. I don't know why it should be. I'm sick of everything being blamed on the times and the unrest and all that. I think they're just... There just aren't any born anymore. They've got to come along. Or else maybe we don't want humor. Maybe it isn't that maybe it's uh, no supply because of no demand. I don't know. I don't see why that whole fine breed should die out entirely. There's something you say here. You feel that people don't want... You feel there's no demand, uh, you, you think, on the part of audiences and readers? I don't. I can only think that there isn't because nobody has come up. I'm just wondering, you, I know in your interview, as you were being interviewed by the uh, young men of the Paris Review, uh, you spoke of satire, and do you feel today there's a need for satire? I do. I feel there always has been and there always will be, and that is lacking too. I'm afraid the English are better at it than we are. I wonder why the English are better than the Americans at, at satire. Well, I think they're more accustomed to it. We find it... Uh, pretty perilous, you know. People don't like it, or you have a chance you're not going to sell, or all those things. The British just go right ahead. I don't mean to be uh, anti-American. <laughs> Do you feel perhaps we've lost uh, the ability to laugh at ourselves? Is, is that it? I think we're timid. And I think that's a grave, grave fault, in, in particularly in any of the creative arts. It sounds strange that this uh, known uh, not too long ago as a pioneer country with so many frontiers has become timid in this particular respect. Would you ascribe any reason to this? Uh, I don't uh, know. Uh, I don't know if it's a general insecurity or what it is. Or, the, or maybe just they come in, in broods, you know. Maybe a new brood hasn't been born and it'll come along. In the matter of new broods, because uh, the question comes up, you are the literary critic of Esquire magazine and... What oh, I can't call myself a critic, honestly. I can only put down what I think and pray there's no libel suit, that's all. Well, it's more, at least I have found, as a reader, found your, your, your uh, analyses very perceptive. Indeed, I was about to ask you about the, 
writing today? What about, aside from humor, what about the short story and the novel? How does it stack up in contrast to the writers of the 20s and early Well, 30s? it seems to me it isn't as good, but that may be age creeping up on me. Certainly we have some fine ones. I think the women writers have come up magnificently, particularly the short story writers, Catherine Ann Porter and Eudora Welty. They're fine, I think. About very new ones, I don't know. Here again, you think the the same malaise might apply to the serious writing as to humor here, the slack? I, I suppose so. I, I think it comes down possibly to lack of talent, and that's, that's hard to say, but it's true. And I don't think you can blame it on the general unrest of the world. There's been too much of that, yeah. don't you think so? People don't think about it every second because they can't. They couldn't exist. We each have our troubles, each one, I suppose. And oh! <laughs> Mrs. Parker, this is a personal observation on my part, having read some of your short stories. As I read your story, sometimes I'm so moved, I begin to think of Ring Lardner, and when I read Ring Lardner, I think somewhat of Dorothy Parker. Now, what's your feeling about that? I think that's much too high praise for me or for anybody. Well, what's your feeling about Ring Lardner? Well, I think he's great. I think lastingly great. Well, suppose someone said that you were. I, are. I'd be embarrassed and uh, frightened, I think. Isn't this strange? Uh, if you don't mind my saying this, I think, Mrs. Parker, y you are low-rating yourself, I may say this. It's my uh, feeling. As a reader, you have your right. But I'm afraid you're wrong. <laughs> I was thinking about <coughs> Excuse me. something that FPA said. Uh, perhaps there may be some... Uh, prospective writers listening, young writers, poets. He said something about your verse being so good, and he feels that your prose is so good, your short stories are so good because your verses, and he feels the direct connection. He says a good poet uh, could be a good short story writer, but unless he's a good poet, he can't be a good short story writer. Do you feel there's a, a basis for that? Well, I think it does teach you a great deal about words and about the rhythm that must be in prose, too. But I'm not a poet, you know, I just write verse. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but do you feel it helped? Uh, I think immeasurably. And I owe that all to Mr. Adams, who was a, the, the sharpest critic of verse, of its technical uh, aspect, I mean. Thinking you engage in, in uh, so many activities, creative activities. I'm, I'm trying to see if we can just wander from one to the other. Uh, there's a short story. Uh, what about drama? I was about to ask. When you oh, that's what I'd love to oh. do. <laughs> but I, uh, I think it's perfectly idle to say I haven't had much luck with it. The things just weren't good enough. Wait, now, some critics might disagree with you. I know there were a number who were very much taken with The Ladies of the Corridor, the play that you wrote in collaboration with Arnaud Dussault. That was uh, about four or five years ago, was I'm it? I'm afraid it's five years ago, yes. Five years ago. Do, do you, may I ask you... Uh, what the theme of that was. It was about feeling. the women, and there's a great colony of them in New York, and therefore in every big city, uh, who are either widowed or separated or divorced, who live alone in hotels. They have plenty of money, they have plenty of health, they'd have 20 good years ahead of them, and it's just absolute waste. They don't do anything. Their families are married and gone, and feel basically that they could be creative people, that is, if... Well, I think if not creative, they could be of assistance. But this theme, this theme of waste uh, seems to appear, waste and, and uh, the, the understanding of it that you have seems to appear in many of the short stories, too, I notice this. 
And they become lonely. Is that the loneliness is a theme? Yes, that? and they're so afraid of that. They're afraid of becoming it. Once they've achieved it, it isn't bad. Honestly, it isn't. You mean they, 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 is this the matter of adjustment? They become adjusted to it or, or just... Uh, well, uh, yes, I suppose so. But uh, they don't adjust. They go right on their very small path and stay in it. This is the play that uh, on which you worked a few years ago, but then a few, some years before that, I think you had considerable success, didn't you, with Close Harmony, with well, Elmer Rice? With Elmer Rice. No, not in New York. Apparently, mm. you, were, you were kind to it out here. It um, had a different name here, I think. I, I didn't see it, but uh, I, I think the reviews here were most favorable. Ashton Stevens and the others here at the time, I think in Chicago. It did I play in Chicago. Yes, it did. I think did. it was Ashton Stevens who, at the time, was the... I always liked him anyhow. <laughs> A question comes up uh, concerning drama today. You are interested in plays today, aren't you? Oh, yes. You were involved, you wrote some of the lyrics for Candide. Oh, very few. They all got mixed up in together, you know. And some people I know who listen to the station who uh, admire and like very much the recording of Candide, uh, hearing the music and the lyrics, uh, wonder, here was the town, uh, Elmer Bernstein, uh, El not Elmer Bernstein, rather Leonard Bernstein, uh, the music, Lillian Hellman, the book, you contributed lyrics, and uh, Richard Wilbur. Yeah. I believe John Latouche to some extent. Yes, he did. And her own Guthrie, the director. Complete. Now, how could this miss? I think, really, it was the principles were, were not as uh, magnetic as they should have been, and I don't think there was enough comedy. And people do look for it in a... Well, I don't know what you can call it a musical comedy. I guess that's what you would call it, but... Here we come again to the uh, crying need for laughter. Yes. And I don't think that means we're a particularly sad nation. I think it's very healthy to crave laughter, don't you? Very much so. And I was wondering, you, you have the ability, it seems, in, your, in, in some of your verse, which you call light verse. <laughs> and do, do you feel, I think somewhere you wrote, do you feel your works are dated? Do you really feel that? Oh, yes. They were, uh, they were written a long time ago, I mean, the verses. But... Uh, there was a sort of fashion for those dashing females then. It wasn't true at all that they were, but they wrote about themselves that way. And yet, your short stories can, under no conditions, be uh, considered dated, because the other night, if you feel this way, you've been disproved very eloquently, because the other night at Mandel Hall, young students who jam-packed the place loved your readings of uh, three or four of your short stories. I think that was mainly kindness. <laughs> I know Mr. Zabel seated here. And friends of mine who are there will disagree with you all the way. Well, that's that, lovely. That your, your work is far from dated, on the contrary. Do you want to speak on a subject that, is a, that has bothered you a great deal? Perhaps just to add a little sauce here, because you're so gentle. Uh, Hollywood, this is a trigger word, isn't it? <laughs> Would you mind if I leave Rather the room not. when you speak that word? <laughs> is it? A, we, we, of course, uh, who live here, simply know all that we know is what Glamour and Slick magazines tell us, and we just... This is Mr. Turkle, it isn't like that at all. It just plain yeah. isn't right through. It's murder to work for them, at least so I think, because everybody writes. There are too many people writing. Everybody in the studio writes. Well, I think the point... And it runs into thousands. Well, then, this point, coming back, I suppose, to the individual... Uh, you can't do that in Hollywood. Yeah. A creative artist can't work on his own, then. It's oh, no, everybody has to have a hand in it. And I suppose since that day, this applies to a new means of mass communication today, and that's the point I was about to raise. Uh, the effects, perhaps you may want to talk, the effects of television, perhaps, on 
on, on uh, literature today? I don't know. I'm, it's perfectly wrong for me to give any opinion because mm. I can't stand the yeah. thing. I never look at it. I share a great many of the listeners of this station but, uh, say they have a kindred spirit here, please. But I do think it has it's had an enormous effect. Certainly it has on movies. People can stay home. They mayn't want to, but they can. There's something else you said in the Paris Review that I found interesting. You were comparing a writer today and a writer of uh, 20 years ago, and the two men specifically were uh, Paddy Chayefsky, a top TV writer, and Odets, who wrote in the 30s. And he said the milieu was the same. Uh, the people they wrote about, and yet the difference was one was a tape recorder, the other had a point of view. Would you mind talking about that? Well, I think that I don't know about the later works at Odette's, but no. certainly in the older, the, yes, the early ones, he had a point of view. I don't think Chayefsky has. I don't want to be mean, but I think he doesn't write. He takes down, and he doesn't edit. You can't put down literally everything that everybody says. You'd be bored stiff, as I am. So with him. But, but Clifford Odets had something to say, and he said it, and said it with, with courage and uh, without compromise. Well, now you're hitting something, uh, this phrase. Perhaps you think this might be at the root of some of the blandness thing? That people are not saying, it doesn't matter what, whether we agree or disagree, the matter of saying something with some passion, perhaps, is that what's lacking today? I think so. I think certainly there's some of it and very good, too. But I think that's it. I think there's general apathy, and as I think I said, general timidity. All this wouldn't go, you know. That's very bad. You've got to take that chance and, and then get some other job. <laughs> yet Chicago was invaded. I hate to dwell on the subject because I've been accused of being cruel. Uh, Chicago was invaded last week by three beat-generation poets. Ah, yes. And, and uh, would you mind, since you, you read a great many books, this is part of your job, Esquire, your feeling about uh, the seemingly outspoken poets or writers who represent this? I don't know what they're speaking out about. I know they're speaking. They're speaking all the time as we sit here. At least they're putting something down on paper. It isn't writing, but it's something they're doing. But I don't know uh, what they're so brave about. You read their books and the description of their, their lives. It's so monotonous, the things they do. And I don't know why they're so <coughs> proud of themselves, uh, why they're so revolutionary. That was all done a long time ago. So you feel there's nothing new, really, that they're saying? Nothing at all, and uh, in fact, nothing. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, the writers who might be called their prototypes who went out across the water, those we, it's a cliche by now, the angry The young angry women. young men, I have great respect for them. In the first place, I think, at least they're angry. They've got something to be angry about and they have talent. I think John Osborne is a most gifted playwright. You feel a look back in anger, really? Oh, yes. And epitaph for George Dillon and The Entertainer. Yeah, the, uh, the latter two uh, haven't come to Chicago. I hope they will. But look back, though, has been very well received here. And I'm, I'm just trying to... I don't know much of the yeah. angry young man as novelists, but... But I, I think they're all right. They're saying something. The Beat Boys, I don't think, are saying anything on earth except, look at us, aren't we great? So there we come back to your point. One group has a point of view. The other doesn't seem to have any. And I think that... Uh, I don't think the Beat generation is worth much worrying about. I should say, oh, very soon, in the very near future, they'll be as forgotten as Ma Jung. Well, can you think of some young American writers today who you think... 
as, as a critic whom you think ha have uh, possibilities? Yes, I think Salinger. I think, uh, I don't know the very, very new ones because uh, they don't seem to come along as the way they used to. I think in the theater, well, I think Arthur Miller can certainly be considered an, a new one. And Tennessee Williams, don't you? You feel theater then? I think, yes. Theater, th oh, that's the question I was going to ask you. Theater today, in contrast to the days when you were the uh, controversial drama critic Vanity Fair. Uh, what about, how would theater today stack up with theater of that time? Well, you see, I was young at that time, and so, oh, gee, going to theater was just wonderful, so I think I liked most everything. Now I do not feel that way. I think that they're, well, I think they're disgraceful, the, the so-called comedies. The, they're, they're, um, they're timid again, they're dingy, they, they uh, have, have no originality. And I, I think they're hack work. I really do. You feel this ailment has affected drama, too, with the exception of men like uh, Miller uh, Yes, Williams. yes. But when they're good, they're awfully good, like Miller. And of course, this leads us to a, uh, perhaps a, a wind-up question. Your feelings, uh, any, I know you don't pretend to be a prophet, but any particular uh, prognosis that you might uh, shoot out with, you know? Well, I wish the Beat Boys would go someplace else. <laughs> I don't know where. I think, and if I, if, if I didn't have hope, I, I'd just as soon be dead. But I think new ones have got to come along, and new talents have got to come along, because they always have. I don't know if that's a good reason or not for saying they always will, but I, I think and hope so. And I think they'll come in a bunch, the way they always do. Do you feel any way that uh, the technological advances we've made, the machine, uh, this age of automation we live in, has had some effect on this? We haven't. I think that. probably, but I, I again, yeah, I'm, no. I, I'm tired of the school that blames everything on that. You know. We come back to this again. A, you feel that there's a deeper reason, there's something. I think here. so. And just our times, and well, this is the outlook then of uh, Dorothy Parker, a most respected writer of our time and and our country. And I think, Mrs. Parker, I leave this open to you now, the wind-up of this uh, conversation. Anything you feel like saying about any subject? I know somebody will say, why haven't you asked her? Did she really say all those things that people have quoted her saying? Oh, I would <laughs> like to answer that. No! <laughs> no! And it was a curse on me. It was simply awful, the things that were attributed to me. I wouldn't have minded if they'd been good, but you I was, in effect, the shaggy dog of my time. The stories were all to me, you see. I'm glad that's over. <laughs> but there were some, uh, I think there were some witty comments that you did make that are in print. That are oh, then I think that <laughs> somebody else still did them. <laughs> now, the, uh, the final the final question, the one, uh, anything you want to say? I want to say thank you <laughs> for listening, and you're very kind. And I'm not scared now. Oh. That's fine. At the end, I'm not scared. <laughs> well, not being scared anymore, that you want to add a sort of postscript. I think things are going to get better. Before they get worse. Or despite that. I th well, they're pretty low now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're going to get better, and in all branches, not just in writing. Don't you? In, in human relationships. Yes. Generally. Well, I hope you're right. I, I feel perhaps you are. Well, if you, if you can't feel that way, I don't know what you do. And we'll just uh, live and hope and, and work together, I suppose. That's, that's we can. That's do. it. Well, thank you very much, 
Dorothy Parker for being our gracious guest. <laughs>